1: Hi folks, it's David here, just asking you for a wee favour. If you don't mind, could you follow us on Apple Podcasts, Android or Spotify, wherever you listen to the show. It's a huge help for us. They might ask you if you want to leave a review. If you could leave a nice one, we'd be very, very grateful. Thank you. Hello everyone and welcome to our special monthly pod in which uh, we gather together the clans, well not really, basically just the three of us, but uh, myself, two of my mates get together and we have a, a good chinwag about all things Rangers. My name is David Edgar for those of you who don't know and I'm joined by the tremendous CJ Novo internet sensation.
2: Hello. Sorry about last month. I, I, I got a lot of flak for what happened, but the ceiling was caving in. You know what I mean? It was a bit. Of no, a there was the a lot. Yeah. Uh, Genuinely, <laughs> uh, <laughs> people were saying, we I oh, we was lion lying? Drunk or something?" No, no. the ceiling literally collapsed on me. So. No,
1: we had photographic evidence, folk. That's why we weren't too harsh on them last yeah. month. Um, but uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to hear that. You know, the roof isn't caving in on you. This, not this not, month. not yet. Not We're yet still no. half an hour to go, so we'll wait yeah. for it. and the season doesn't seem like it's doing it either for once yeah. um join us to discuss that as of course, from the splendid Four Lads had a dream blog and audio site. It's Stevie Clifford.
0: Hello, guys. It makes a change, actually, the roof falling in on one of us and not the season, which mm. it normally is, but I, I hate to say it since we've started this pod back up again. You Know, I'm not the saying it's down odds. to us, yeah. I'm not saying it's yeah. down to us, but you know, <laughs> the league went out. I like that. That's, well, that's well,
1: the new it title. Is. I mean, that's is it. It. one year we did it, won the league, didn't do it, didn't win it. Um, that's just science, you know, that, that, you that that's like, it. yeah, you can't argue it, but uh, yeah, well, look, we'll start off by talking a little bit, obviously, about where we find ourselves there. Uh, CJ, Stevie alluded to, and and look, it's a legitimate concern. When we came back from the winter break, there was a sense that the manager had worked a miracle before the winter break because the squad was, you know, absolutely shorn of all confidence when he arrived and he picked him up and he was getting results. But then it seemed to be he was losing a player every 60 minutes of football. And yet he kept the show on the road even after the defeat at Parkhead, he he comes back and he he gets us going in in the game against Kilmarnock. And I think we all felt he he was in a good place. But at the back of our mind, there was that sense of, uh, well, we've seen this before, we come back and we come back slow. Well, that's three games back, two tricky aways included in it. Nine points, seven goals, none conceded. And I think there is... I sense that Ibrox on Saturday, I think you you boys did as well, that this just a sense among the fans of we're starting to trust that this team will deliver more often than they won't. We're not going in there with, if you like, one sort of hand ready to put up to our eyes, because I think there is a sense of no, this this will come.
2: No, you're absolutely right, mate. I think we were all speaking after the game, because obviously I go with my my old man and everything like that, and we're just sitting talking, and he's getting a wee bit older now. The ticker gets a wee bit nervous, but he's actually enjoying the games lately, if there's a Mm. better example of that. He's gone in there, he trusts the back line. I think the likes of butling and that has been such an important thing as well, because we know it's going to need to be something special to beat him. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to be something daft, and it might sound boring, but he makes the saves he should be making. Correct. and that's the thing you know i mean it needs to be sun special so he brings an area conference and i think we just believe in the manager because he doesn't need talk through things or tell us what we want to hear he's just direct and i think the players will appreciate that as well because they've gone on the park and shown us but i think we're all scared for the the winter break just like this podcast the year we won it there wasn't no any winter break so there's kind of that fear and the worry and you look at the fixtures in the preseason games that we actually go, it was all there to be tricky games or scary, but I think the, the team's been playing very maturely and I think that's led for the top.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. And Stevie, CG mentioned, I think, keyword key word there, which is trust, which is that there's a sense of trust that the players aren't going to contrive to find a way to to lose a game, which was something that we'd seen, not every game, I mean, obviously, but but often enough, the, the fear was always lingering. And I do think that it, it is a top-down thing. I, I think the players trust the manager. And I think that that has spread to the to the crowd. I think there is a sense of we have an actual professional who knows what he's doing, won't get everything right. Of course not, no human being does. But we have a guy in there who knows exactly where he wants to take us and has a very good idea of how he's going to do it. And And you and I spoke at the game at the weekend about, you know, it was 40 minutes until rangers made the breakthrough but there wasn't that, that groaning and and moaning after 20 minutes that that you can sometimes get
0: no there wasn't and just when we talk about philip Clement, something that people didn't see what we seen david when rabbi matondo came in to do the press conference after the game and philip was just going out he greeted him with a a massive hug right back, back well done you know, really well done today. And people maybe don't see that, but that's the type of manager he is. (coughs) Excuse me, I get the impression he's really big on man management and, and that's the way he does it. And you can see that the players are certainly responding. How many of them talk about, you know, not even when they're playing, the manager has them involved and he has them, you know, play, get ready for these minutes. We, you might not be starting, but we need you to play a part. And it's just a, a polar opposite of, of maybe where it was before. And I think that the players are responding to that. I think when you talk about, you know, seeing a guy that really knows what he's talking about and responding and wanting to play for him, it also goes a wee bit on the man management side of it, David, where if they've got a guy that's, that's really, you know, wanting them to do well and really pushing them on and things, and that's what I see when he puts an arm around them and, you know, a hug when they're coming off or he speaks to them for a wee bit, maybe explains, we don't know what they're saying in these conversations, but, you know, he's coming off and saying, look, half an hour to go, we're just bringing you off to rest you up and stuff like that. All that, wee moments like that will get players playing for you. And when you actually have a background staff and, a manager that knows what they're talking about and the players buy into it, you can see how they're reacting. It was interesting, Todd Cantwell's comments when he's talking about people saying that he's maybe not on the ball, he's maybe not playing his way, but he's changed the way he's playing. And And I like how I'm doing that now. You know, I'm in the number 10 position. I like how I'm playing and I'm doing a different role now to before and it's starting to pay off. So it's interesting that, you know, he's changing the way he's playing and, and, and that's just a wee insight, I think, into if he can change how he's playing for the manager and how the manager wants to play, then I think it's you know, I think that speaks volumes kind of thing. So no, we've definitely got somebody in Philip Clement that not only the fans are are kind of pulling towards because naturally as, as fans we'll pull towards any manager, then that's fair. Mm. But as an actual coach, you can see the players are actually pulling. And not only respect, but actually like this guy and, and like the way he is with him. So, yeah, I think it's nothing but a positive, the The way he comes across and the way he is and having, you know, somebody that can actually respect and not only respect as a person, but as a manager who I know what he's talking about. He's changed my position. I trust this. I'm going to follow the process. And, and it's obviously paying dividends.
1: CJ, to, to something that, that Stevie was discussing there that I think is is a very accurate point, which is just a sense of, if we keep doing the right things, we'll get the rewards. That's something the manager stresses. It's something all managers stress. And I think you can tell if players believe in it or not. Uh, uh, not just at Rangers. I think uh, you know we've seen with, with various clubs, a manager putting across ideas that you can tell the players fundamentally don't believe in. I think the key to, to Philippe Clement is is he simplifies. He He doesn't overload. Football these days is an incredibly tactical game, you've got to be aware of absolute where you need to be, where you need to be in relation to someone else, what you do when you've got the ball, what you, don't, you do when you don't and I think some coaches can overload players whereas I think he keeps it as simple as possible because you will need to take instructions in in the modern game, but I think players all have defined roles and there are things he wants to see from them, so at the weekend for example I noticed a couple of times in the first half when Rangers... And this can happen when you're playing. I mean, it's not an exaggeration to say that the vast majority of that game, there were 21 players 30 yards from the Livingston goal um, because <laughs> that's how compressed the game was. Livingston had a bank of five in their box and a bank of five at the edge of it. And that's fair enough, by the way. That's that's what you need to overcome. But when Rangers went to the kind of side-to-side passing, the manager was straight out. He pulled Ryan Jack over at one point to, to tell him to go and tell the he get it Forward through, pass forward. Don't just pass sideways. Look to make forward passes. And a couple of times when we did that, and the ball maybe went out of play, or you know, it wasn't just quite that, or the run didn't quite happen. He was up and applauding because it was yes, that keep doing that, and it will come. Whereas if you you lapse into just the side to side stuff, it won't. You've got to be brave. And I thought it was interesting that he 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 does always have. This is what I want you to do, and if you do it then yeah, you might make a mistake, but that's okay because it will come and you will get your order. And of course
2: he was right. No, you're absolutely right. And I think... Obviously, we've looked at the past and we've seen how we've played against Livingston's, We've dropped points versus Livingston, playing that side-to-side passing. So I feel like we've got a manager that's maybe looked at the past mistakes, learnt it, and he's just trying to help the players for maybe defaulting for what they've done for years upon years. And as you said, there was a goal we scored versus Livingston. I think it was the the Cantwell goal where it was a beautiful move. It looked so simple, and when you talk about simple instructions, simple that I think football um, is at its best when it does look as simple as that and it can just be played like that and I feel like we've got a manager like you said it's no overboarding it's no attacking the players in the press or taking me shots I'm here. like say the Troy Deeney stuff if you paid any attention to that for the screen some of his interviews and that were crazy I feel like we've got a manager that will back and fight the players and I'm sure as the players when you see that and you see a manager that maybe takes the credit, the way he handled the old firm loss, how it was, he never threw anybody or went crazy or done crazy, clickbait or anything, like he just kept it all in-house, kept it professional. I think these players will know, right, he's fighting for us. He's always got our back. And like you said, the cuddle, the hugs and that that he does when people are coming off, the the way he, he, he treats players, like even the the Cantwell can't sub, I think Stevie touched on that earlier, the way he, Cantwell's kind of maturing and becoming the player Clement wants, because he wasn't he, when he's first couple of weeks, and I was really worried about the likes of Todd Cantwell, remember subbed off early in Europe, mm-hmm. no name, yeah, what was five asked, minutes. You, you could see it, that could have ended his career, and it's probably a testament to not only Cantwell's mentality, but Clement's as well, because that was very brave to make that decision, because we've all seen it in football, that's usually it, you know what I mean, we all kind of were like, well that's not going to be done, but both films been really mature, they've explained what they need, what he can do, and... I just feel, I can't express just how happy I'm having him as a manager. He keeps things simple, and I feel like the players really back that as well, and the results are in the pudding. I think defensively, again, we're still questionable here there, but if you look at our statistics, defensive, how many goals we're conceding, we're starting to score goals, the goals are getting spread out, people are getting opportunities to play, Fabio Silva this, this, this. I feel like there's no bitterness in the squad, or I feel like everyone is truly pulling together, and that's, again, led by the guy leading the charge, and that's Clement.
1: There's a lot of talk, Stevie, in the, the the window, and look, I'll hold my hands. I'm not going to lie to anybody. Um, I think the general sentiment I got from the fans was, uh, that that we're happy with the guys who've come in. We like the three signings, good age profile, all of that kind of stuff. Good, you know, going into markets that we we haven't been in and we should be. Um, but disappointment that we didn't get an out and out number nine. And I was in that camp. I'll be. Totally up front. There's no point in me lying about it. But the manager, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think we that was what we wanted. And, and, you know, various names were mentioned. I wasn't too bothered about a specific player, more about a specific type. I felt we needed the number nine. But the manager came out and he said, look, you know, I've got in what I thought we needed. Um and, and it's true, he he has said, like I think we're fine up front where we were lacking as wide players and it, what he, he termed a press-resistant midfielder, which is what Diamande has been signed to be. Um, Fabio Silva started up front at the weekend. I thought Fabio Silva played really well. And to be honest, it was more that people weren't on quite on his wavelength yet because the amount of times in a packed box that he held the ball up and laid it off into a position for someone to have a shot, I thought was terrific, and I think it's that you know the midfielders and the wide players have to realise when the ball's going into him, he can do that. So I need to get there to be there to to take advantage of the shot, and that will hopefully come with time. But he got his goal, and I think that it's maybe just a slight differential between what we as as fans might have wanted and what Philippe Clement wants from a number nine, because he's been adamant I got Silva because I want him to do you know, a specific role for me. So I just thought it was quite interesting. But again, you judge strikers on goals, so getting that first one, don't care what kind of striker you are, don't care what your qualities are. If you ain't putting the ball in the net, then you're not doing the job. But he gets the first goal, an important goal as well to get the breakthrough. And hopefully that's him now going on a run, because I think you can see the ability that's there.
0: Yeah, so like like you boys, I, I thought desperately we, we we needed a number nine. But I found it really interesting that the manager's comments afterwards in the press conference when he talked about needing a striker and he was like, "Look, Kamaru's still in the building, Zach Lovelace is coming back, Danilo, we can't just rule him out because he's out for another wee bit." And he didn't seem as concerned as us. His actual preference seemed to be that he wants players to create clear cut opportunities, and that's what we lack. Instead of being the actual finisher. So I found that quite interesting. I thought that was a different kind of spin or look on it. And then if you think about Fabio Silva, the narrative that's been built up that he's not an out and out number nine, I completely understand that. I thought he was decent on Saturday, David. We we obviously spoke about it. I thought he had a good game. And like you, there was moments where I think in the first half he played a wee one two and he just he nudged it over for Cantwell, who couldn't quite get on to the end of it, and then there was a the one in the second half where he did similar. He's had a few efforts. I think he had an acrobatic effort that went wide as well. So he's done all right as number nine. And, you know, and, the, num- and the number nine goal that he scored was a traditional number nine, Jermaine Defoe, from, knocked down from a corner, kind of scrappy, on-the-box, penalty spot kind of thing. So, listen, Fabio Silva, I think that will settle down. And I think, obviously, he's going to be a good player. There has to be a good player in there for, for him to have been thirty-five million spent on him at some point. I think that the business we've done with Diamandi and Cortez, who'll come into the team in time, will prove to be quite smart business as well. So I think we've came out of the window stronger than we went in it. I think just we all maybe got involved in the clamour for it for the striker. Possibly a wee bit too much. And when you listen to the manager, that that's an interesting view to take. So I think we're I think we're okay I think as I say I think we're stronger and I think i'm I'm quite happy with where we are I'm interested to see the kind of evolution david of of that of of Fabio Silva in that some people are maybe not expecting that much from him and if he can produce like Saturday and then keep building on those performances to at home tomorrow against Aberdeen the narrative around him will change immediately just
1: before we I go back to c j um the first goal on Saturday, David Martindale was a bit upset about it. He said there was a foul in the build-up. You at the time, you were um, pretty sure it would be ruled out for VAR. Uh, but I watched it back and look, I think Goldson does go in high, but I'm not sure he connects. Is that you think the reason why that goal was given?
0: Well, I've not seen the replay of it, so I've only seen it at the time, and I thought that Goldson caught him, and I've I've yet to see it. But then when I spoke to you know, I spoke to Gordon Duncan, he was doing Sky at the time, and he said he didn't catch him, and that's why it's not been given. So, you know, Connor Goldson's entitled to go for the ball. Was his studs up? Could it have been given? Possibly. But the referee at the time didn't deem it to be a foul. VAR didn't deem it to be a foul. I've not seen it back. I know that David Martindale said afterwards that he felt it was a foul and it should have been chopped off. But even if it had been chopped off, David, I think it was just delaying the inevitable slightly. At the time, in the ground, I definitely thought, and it looked like to me, that it was going to get chopped off, yes.
1: Yeah, I watched the replay of it. I didn't see it at the time. Um, I follow the ball, so I, I wasn't aware. And then when I looked at the replay, I thought, there's no clear evidence that he's caught him. You, you know, you can't see. I think the boy maybe anticipates contact and moves accordingly, but I think Goldson actually goes past him rather than into him. So I think it was one of those where the referee did go, or the, the VAR went with the decision on the field which is what they're supposed to in the first instance. I'm right in saying that, aren't I? That if you yeah, are not yeah, sure, yeah. you stick to whatever the ref gave, good or bad. And and I think, had the ref chopped it off, I don't think they would have overruled it, if that makes sense. I think it was you know one of the ones like, right, we'll, we'll go with the on-field. CJ, the second goal came from Rabi Matondo, who I don't think he'd been playing brilliantly up to that point, but this is what we need. We've spoken about this time after time after time. And we've finally had it in Seaman, of course, unfortunately, he's ruled out. but. Get gold from those areas. We've been absolutely bereft for for too long of why players doing what he did, and which is step inside and and have a shot. Uh, and I think what has become clear in Ravi Matondo's time at, at Rangers is that you know there are times he's a wee bit scruffy in possession. Um, he needs, I think, a bit more composure. There's times he's running full pelt, and I think that his body's moving a bit quicker than his brain, and that can happen with young players. They need to learn how to channel that, but, um. it it was a a terrific goal from him. And I think the one thing that has been absolutely clear with Abin Matondo is he is not a right winger. I know he can play there, but can and
2: should are two entirely different things. He's a left winger. Absolutely, mate. And I I think it's just ironic when you look at it, because he is so fast, he's so quick, and it's like you said, he almost his legs run too fast for his head sometimes, and I feel like he does get caught because he's like, oh, I'm by him, what did I do, and then he ends up losing it, and that bit, that's for me the frustration with wingers, no, I it, think it, it
1: it, it, it's, it's like, it, no, it's, you're spot on, it's like sometimes he goes there past their
2: shoot and he ends exactly, up you yeah, know, he hesitates yeah. every because yeah. di- he's make like, a oh, decision to do it, yeah. And I think that's something that Clement's actually trying to get him because I think if you look, even when he makes these mistakes, if you look at Clement's body language and how he reacts, because is quite receptive to Clement. Every time he does something, if you look at him, if you're watching the games, he will always look at him just to see and Clement's either giving the fun up or he's giving the Cam Dunn sign. And I think there is something there. And again, that goes back to something we mentioned in our previous conversation, the trust is there in Rabia Matundo? He's already had some big moments and again, he's had some iffy games, but I feel like the winger position is always one that is going to frustrate just by nature, you know what I mean? They're not going to be perfect out in the wings or they wouldn't be in Scottish football, you know what I mean? The ones that play, every time they get it, they're running and scoring and assisting or the guys that's at like, say, Real Madrid and everything like You sort of got to go, go with the good and the bad in the wing position, and that's been not just Robbie Matundo, that's been probably every winger we've ever had If you know, I mean, you know, they'll have good games and they'll have bad games, and I'm not obviously putting bar, Robbie up there against...
1: bar, bar one Danish one, who, yeah.
2: Well, who, who aye, there ruins, was one that we didn't he ruined, wingers, he ruined wingers for us because up to that point,
1: you're right, everyone, everyone agreed that wingers were mercurial. Some yep. days they were good, some days maybe not so good. You never knew what you were getting, you never but... knew what you're Some days they would, you know, put in a great cross, and then maybe they, they would... then Loudrup came along and no, no, a winger should always beat his man. He yeah. should always
2: get a crossover. He ruined wingers for us. Nah, you could argue God ruined it for mortals. You know what I mean? You could like pretty much <laughs> exactly say it like that, that yeah. because he did. So we're just looking. We're like, oh, that's what it's like to be divine. Now we're going back to that. So it's just. A- I right, back to humans, unfortunately. And you could probably just leave it there because Robbie's human. He's not he's not God, you <laughs> know He's not Brian Loudrop. And I don't think we'll ever get to the likes really. of that level again, unfortunately. No. And I, I know we'll maybe hold out the slight hope, but I think those days are actually gone now. And we Robbie, is still he's still got the age on his side, he's had some good moments, he's had some iffy moments. And what I like about Robbie and what can sometimes frustrate, and it frustrates my dad, by the way, is how short happy he is. But I like that because I remember we always used to get frustrated when the wingers would cut inside. Maybe like, say, Ryan Kent and go for the extra pass in the middle of the pass. I like the Robbie is willing to take that shot. And again, he does get three points in the NFL more than he gets goals. But still, mm. he's got that awareness. And it gives the defender something to think about because you watch the games in that as well. You'll see, because he is so tricky, because he is so short-happy, it brings another defender because once he's beat the fullback, the defender has to come out because they know he's going to hit go it. Press. And that creates yeah. space because he is so attack minded. So I f- he's definitely got his flaws. I'm not going to say he's perfect, but I feel like he's the type of character and personality and player that Clement wants in his team. Direct, it's going to command. And again, it gets people to move into positions that will end up in spaces for Silva. And then it open spaces for, for Dessers. That's the way I look at Rabi, anyway.
0: That was a different type of Rabbi Matondo goal though, wasn't it, gentlemen? Because exactly. what we've yeah. seen is him going on to the ball and running on to through balls all the time. That's the first time he's actually got it. Stood up a man, committed them, cut inside and then out, cut and then off. took the shot on. So it's yep. it's a different kind of goal, which is encouraging for me.
2: Absolutely. I think even if you look at even maybe the Hibs game and that, he's been taking defenders and fullbacks for what well, the, the channel good it's just, the Hibs, just, no, he was a danger. Again, it's, it's just that last little bit but that's yeah. the frustration that we've already kind of went through and that he's a young laddie and I think he is really trying to take on and really trying to go and I think Clement will get every bit of qualities go to him in my opinion CJ made a great point there
1: Stevie but something that I really like, and that's when you're playing A pack defence, early on I thought it was Really noticeable that Jack, Lundstrom A few others were shooting, and that Might sound really obvious, they were shooting from distance But it's something that, I saw an interview With Ian Ferguson once, and he spoke about that He said, in the first opening minutes of any Game like that, when they were playing a team that sat in He'd have a shot, he said, and no, I don't care He goes, great if it went in He said, but sometimes it would The CJ said, it would be a conversion, it would go Into the, the roof of the, the, the Brumlin. But what it meant was that they then knew that, oh, he might have a shot here, so I need to get out and block him. As opposed to they don't shoot from distance, therefore we can stay in our positions and hold and and we don't need to and you don't make room, basically, because you're you're so you're predictable. And it's obvious they don't shoot from distance, this mob, they try to play the pass, so I stay in my position and make sure my man's covered. Whereas I noticed in the first 20 minutes there were four or five and I thought this is this is different and it is to to do that to spread a wee bit of confusion and as we saw as the game went on, it worked.
0: Yeah, Ryan Jack had his shot saved, didn't he, quite well after the first five minutes. John Lundstrom had a couple of efforts. I've noticed lunny has been taking a few more shots actually. They haven't always been perfect but I'm not sure he's, he's that kind of finisher but the fact that, like you say, that they're trying to mix it up and and have more shots. I think it's really positive. As CJ says, Rabi will always take a shot. I know that he nearly cleared the, the, the first tier of the broom with an effort on Saturday, but I would rather have that than guys being indecisive and not doing anything with it. If you take a shot that doesn't come off, at least you're having an effort. So I agree with you. I would, I like to see them do it. I would like to see them take more shots. I would like to see them try and commit a wee bit more, but I understand it. I mean, we were perfectly positioned, David, to see that Livingston. It was a bank of five, bank of five. Mm. You know, So there was times where Connor Goldson was playing in the sixth position and he was that far up. So I think there's plenty of room for that. I'm not sure we have. It's going to be interesting to see if if Diamande can, can strike the ball. Because if he can strike the ball and we're getting into positions like Saturday where players have a lot of time. And I've also noticed something else this might be interesting to you is, We're trying to free up James Tavenier centrally to get more shots in. And it's quite clever the way we work it from right to left. And then Tav, instead of overlapping on the right, will swap positions with somebody like Jack Coote. And then Tav comes in to try and free himself for the shot. And Tav actually had a couple of efforts as well on on Saturday. And I've noticed us trying to do that and trying to manoeuvre Tav into a shooting position. So I definitely think it's something we've discussed. And and it's um, definitely, I think, worth persisting with because you know one of those times like a tab thing or something you know is is gonna come up, isn't it? It's gonna come up Trump.
1: Well he's he's got the ability. And I've said this before at, at, at set pieces. He's the guy if he's not hitting the set piece I'd like him lurking on the edge of the box because he's our best, you know, shot from distance guy. Um so hundred percent. Now it was big because obviously Celtic had dropped points before before the game started. And I think it, it absolutely vital that when I, you know when you're in a title race that when your opponent makes an error you're there to to capitalise on it and Rangers did. One of the things that I noticed after the game, Stevie, was a few not not a lot but a few Rangers fans saying, "You know, we need in days like this we need to go and and get goals and goal difference and and it's a sensible thing. I, I absolutely understand that. However, there's a bit of me and maybe this is my own issue, but there's a bit of me that goes, I don't think we're quite there yet where we are right, Let, we need to win this five now. I think at the moment we're at we need to win points firstly and then see where it goes. I'm I i do not think incidentally it will come down to goal difference this year. Um I think if we keep winning then we'll we'll actually win by a few. Um and by that what I mean is I think we'll add a kind of level of scoreboard pressure, if you like, that that Celtic haven't had to deal with before. So I do get the argument, and obviously it'd be great if we're winning 6-0 rather than 3-0. I just think at the moment, for me, it's more about do the job firstly.
0: Yeah, and there's a a lot of things to consider in there. You know, if you're going full pelt for goals all the time, there's injuries. We've got a big spell coming up. Aberdeen on Tuesday, there's no doubt in my mind that as the players began to take their foot off the the gas in the last 20 minutes... They would have had an eye on what's coming up for Rangers. And we don't want a Cantwell injury. We don't want a Lundstrom injury from sprinting for a you know, to to try and keep a ball in at the touchline just because we want a fourth goal. As you said, David, I think it'll come in time. The most important thing for us is we keep winning and we get the points. The gap isn't that bad that um I think it's two goals and we've got a game in hand. Ross County at home, Aberdeen on Tuesday, they're away at Hibbs. So it's going to be close anyway and they're not hammering teams because I don't think they're capable or in the place to do it at the moment. Whereas I think we're actually taking goals. You know, we've taken three at Easter Road. We've taken three off Levy. So remember, they only took one off Ross County. So I think we're actually gaining stable ground on that goal difference as it is anyway, without, like you say, without having to go and push and go for it. And great, look, it would be brilliant to go and beat Levy 6-0. But what happens if you beat Levy 6-0 and John Lundstrom pulls a thigh? You know, it's it's, it's yeah, that's it's, the kind of risk that we don't need to take.
1: Managing them. Yeah, it's managing their, their minutes and, you know, as you say, uh, the the energy levels and whatnot. And uh, that does take us very nicely, then, CG, on to Aberdeen on Tuesday night. Big game live on Sky. Everyone looking forward to it. Um, we can't do our, our usual, which we would do normally, of saying, I typically they lay down to Celtic at the weekend, so they'll come and... They'll, they'll, they'll come and give it 100% against us. They will come and give it 100% against us. goes without saying. But we we saw them actually put in an effort at the weekend as well. And they have, of course, appointed Neil Warnock. Now, long-term listeners to our EPL show will know that I, I bow to no man in my admiration of Neil Warnock. I think he's great. I think he's just funny and a character and all the Absolutely, other yeah. adjectives you want to use. So I'm a wee bit gutted that he's, he's gone to a, a club I don't have much time for, to say the least. Now, they'll get a boost from that, CJ, but let's not overstate it. Aberdeen are not a good side, and I fully expect us to go out be professional. Yes, we know it'll be a difficult game, but you don't get anything for, for nothing. You've got to go out and win these matches. It is at home. There is no... Uh, room for a slip up here I, I expect Rangers to go I, I, I suppose I'm trying to say the long way round is I don't care what Aberdeen do tomorrow Rangers should have more than enough to take care of them and I fully expect them to
2: Aye, that's exactly it. Um, when you actually look at it, I like to joke that it took a Rangers man on the sidelines for Aberdeen to turn up, like, you know what I mean? It was just get staring leaving, like, yeah. it was like a bull. It was like a bull staring at a red flag just get oh, there he is, there is him. So I just like to pretend that's why they turned up the weekend. But I think what Aberdeen's He'll have enjoyed
1: going, that if, if anybody who knows Peter oh, Levin, he will have enjoyed
2: oh, that at the weekend. He, he'd have been happy there. Right? He, he, kept, he kept it kind of composed on the sideline, but as soon as mm. in that dressing room, I'm sure he'd have enjoyed himself. But I think the thing that Aberdeen's got is a goal scorer and that's why they are dangerous and that's Connect. why they Because it was a nothing ball to him and he's ran the length of, I think, the entire park almost with a ball, cutting side and scored. That's what makes them an actual dangerous side. I think Neil Warnock's impact in the game only be too much. Maybe a wee bit yeah, a fun sideshow for us to look at because I think he's already came in his press the day and says he's letting Peter because Peter's worked on it. Looked at it and done. It. Also, it's going to be ninety percent of the work that's already been done, as he's been announced a couple of days early because he wants to be in the manager position for this game. So there's never been a bigger uh, only here to see the Rangers in this moment right here, announcing your manager three days early. But I think it's more Peter's tactics. I think it's going to be a lot of difficult playing in the middle because in, in that match he tried to flood the middle of the park. They tried to take the game away from the likes of Callum McGregor. and Imagine. If you're looking at it, they'll try and replicate that by taking maybe our orchestra in the middle, which is obviously Lundstrom. So, probably be replicating more than that. So, I'd look at maybe Peter's work rather than Neil Warnock's game for this one, as he said he's not going to be taking too much control as the work's been done, the foundations have been laid for this game, and he'll be taking on followed by. I, I love Warnock's these clips and sitting mm-hmm. there fishing and everything. what a guy, but I'm gutted he's Aberdeen. So, I'll be sad to be him for the next three months, but. Maybe, maybe, maybe his agent Warnock. i will just going to pretend myself that one.
1: Yeah, that, that, I'm finished with him until the summer. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. I think absolutely. It's, it's fair to say. But uh, right. Stevie, they might, as, as CJ says, they might get a wee boost from his presence in there, and you know, obviously, new manager bounce and try to go out and impress. Um, new manager bounce isn't a guarantee, incidentally. People talk about it like it always, ha- it doesn't always happen. Um, uh, you know, generally speaking it it depends on the individual, but I think he's right there about the tactics because of exactly what CJ said, which is Aberdeen are not a great side, but they have a goal scorer, a very good, a very good goal scorer. He's a very good player, Miowski, And that they will come. They will try to frustrate. They will try to keep it tight. they will time waste. They'll do all the things to try and get the crowd on edge. Um, thinking if we make one chance, there's a fair chance. He'll put it away.
0: Yeah, he's a good player. Um, it's interesting that I was listening to the Warnock stuff and things there. <clears throat> it doesn't really concern me too much, gents, because Aberdeen, it doesn't matter if, you know, if they treat this like the World Cup final anyway. So we know what we're getting off them. And, you know, they've been in, in pretty poor form the twice that we played them this season and they've turned up and played fantastically well against us in both them games. And what I would point out is even in the Ibrokes defeat, certainly in the Patodry 1-1 draw, we missed a, a mountain of chances, so I'm not overly concerned that this is going to be a game where we can't break them down. We can't do this. It's I think it's more about what we do, regardless of what they're up to. And Neil Warnock's a, a good manager, somebody I really like. I'm with you guys. You know the, the clips of him in the dressing room at Sheffield United and stuff like that are are you know well well documented and, and legendary for him. And we like all that. But tomorrow night, I think it's important that we. Just go out and, and put our... And it's something that we've we've done really well recently, actually, is is imprint ourselves on the games and make sure we're the ones setting the temp, tempo, make sure we're the ones dominating the ball and going with it. So Aberdeen are certainly dangerous. Majofsky's actually a cracking forward. His goal on, on, on Saturday was... Brilliant. Yeah. We we spoke about Loudrop earlier on in this pod, but it's the type of thing that Brian Loudrop used to do for us at Parkhead. Where it was just one ball up the line, and then he would get it and take a couple of touches and build it in. And Mioskowski's basically done that. Now I'm not saying it's loudrop levels or anything like that. We know where we class loudrop, but for individually for them that type of goal, it's the same levels that we hold. Brian in. and Mioskowski certainly dangerous. Conor Barnes a good player. They've got a, a pretty big and solid defence. Kel Roos and goals is capable of. Of always seems to be against us playing quite well, but. It's all about what we do. We beat them in the cup final. It'll probably take the same kind of big performance. But we also... Something else, David, and this is controversial because people don't like it. And and I understand there's been a lot said of it. We need everybody at Ibrooks to turn up tomorrow night. We need a noisy Ibrox. We need a passionate Ibrooks. We need everybody staying and getting behind the team. I know it's a midweek game. I know that people have maybe got jobs in the morning that they need to get back and get nights for and stuff like that. Just give it 90 minutes, get completely behind the team. Because on Saturday, when it was 80 minutes, I think the ground was a a third full. So this is a big one for us tomorrow night. This is a kind of game that can shape our whole season. You go and win that tomorrow night. It's a big game, it's against a, a perceived difficult opponent. You go and win that tomorrow night and there's a little statement victory. Just put that and then let them go to Easter road, which I think, you know, they'll take care of Hibs because Hibs are quite delightfully rubbish. rubbish at the moment. But we need everything from everyone tomorrow night.
1: We certainly do. Right then, folks, thank you very, very much for joining us today on the podcast. My thanks to cj who you can catch at his youtube channel just uh search, you should really have subscribed and followed him by now but uh search cj novo and up he will pop and of course you can follow him on twitter cj thank you very much for coming on
2: today my friend not a baller apologies if you're here in the back room by the way i don't know if i'm getting attacked by the texas chainsaw massacre but something's sounds start ah yeah hmm. so i'll maybe be here next month maybe no but i thank you for <laughs> for, for- everything Great, for I'll those of you
1: who have seen the movie Watchmen or read the read the comic book, you might know that static usually indicates the arrival of
2: Dr. Manhattan, so it could be that. Oh, it could be. Well, so thanks for lately, that. Like, there's, but there's, you never know. They're starting to think about it for the rest of the day. I appreciate That's that, David. It. That's it. That's it. That. Thanks,
1: uh, Yeah, hero of mine, Dr. Manhattan. Anyway, and Stevie, uh, of course, all things Four Lads Had a Dream, follow on Twitter, go to the blog, have a look at it, and listen to some of the audio content, Stevie.
0: Yeah, we do a wee bite-sized pod. It's something a wee bit different. If you've got a spare 10 minutes in a day, you can catch our weekly pod. It just actually went out this morning. It's had a great reaction, David. We get a couple of thousand people listening to our pods. and I think that's wonderful for something that's just started. So I think there's a wee niche for what we do. The big pods are great like this one, but I don't think anyone really does the bite-sized kind of thing where we try and get as much out in 10, 15 minutes as possible. So if you want to check that out, folks, please do. We still write and blog and things like that. And, of course, David and I are together most match days for for you know coverage of the games. And, David, we do have a very big fan media. Yeah interview this week which is due tomorrow so we'll not we'll not say much about it but what we will say folks is this one's absolutely massive and hopefully we get it recorded and you know it'll be available hand in hand for lads and things and we'll go from there just don't like saying anything david in case it doesn't go ahead you know what we're like
2: is it dr manhattan can we confirm that Uh, it's not dr manhattan i did want to say stevie you have a
1: takeover though ibrox in a couple of weeks
2: Yeah, actually, yeah. Um,
0: At the women's game, at New Edmondson House, myself, David Marshall of Heart and Hand, and Mary McKenzie of Rangers Women's Supporters Group. They are the supporters club, rather. We are having a a pod, live pod, just about the women's team. Uh, Hopefully, we're going to get a player or two from the women's team up on the stage as well. And then it's straight over Tybrooks for the, the old firm for the women's team on the 18th. So you'll get to watch the men's game between 12 and 2. We're on stage for half an hour or so, and then it's straight over. It's actually amazing. Uh, we went to Rangers with the idea, and they've they've grabbed it completely. So um, really looking forward to it, David. Chance to play New Edmonds' House. You're obviously an old campaigner at this now. haven't done it a few times, but really looking forward to it. And hopefully, if, you, yeah, if you haven't, aren't doing the, the St. Johnston game away, people will maybe pop over and, and check it out. It'll be great to see everybody.
1: Absolutely right, folks. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back uh, later in the week here on Heart and Hand as well with uh, Heart and Hand Extra for those of you uh, who are on the free shows. If you want, of course, you can go and subscribe at our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. Podcast Network.